The views, opinions, and findings contained in this podcast are those of the host and subject matter experts. They should not be construed as official Department of Defense positions, policies, or decisions unless designated by other official documentation. Every March, we observe Brain Injury Awareness Month to educate the public about traumatic brain injury, or TBI. Established over three decades ago, it also serves to promote the needs of those who have sustained a TBI and their families. At the Defense and Veterans Brain Injury Center, or DIVBIC, Brain Injury Awareness Month is an opportunity to provide information on TBI and its effect on military service members and veterans. In this first episode of Picking Your Brain, I wanted to highlight the effect of TBI on our active duty service members and its impact on the military. The Department of Defense has focused a lot of attention and resources on TBI and its impact on our troops and military operations. In late 2017, a Senate Armed Services Subcommittee held a hearing on the topic. Personnel Subcommittee Chair Senator Tom Tillis of North Carolina. The Personnel Subcommittee of the Senate Armed Services Committee meets this morning to receive testimony from government and civilian witnesses on traumatic brain injury. From 2000 through the first half of 2017, the Department of Defense diagnosed over 370,000 service members with TBI. As a nation, we must pursue multiple approaches to understand better the chronic effects of mild TBI including the long-term neurodegenerative problems associated with multiple concussive injuries. Later the following year, then-Deputy Secretary of Defense Patrick Shanahan wrote a memo entitled Comprehensive Strategy and Action Plan for Warfighter Brain Health, which for the rest of this episode, I will refer to as the memo. The memo instructed all the branches of the military to develop broad policies that focused on promoting the brain health of warfighters and counteracting TBI. DIVBIC neuroscience clinician Dr. Joe Ann Gold explains the significance of the initiative. That the past 17 years of conflict have really taken a toll on the force, and TBI is less visible and poorly understood consequence of those conflicts. And so it's really the DOD's enduring responsibility, and I like that, enduring responsibility to promote and protect the health and well-being of the men and women of our nation's armed forces. And to add to that, myself, I'd also say their families, the caregiver, just to extend it to the, the other people that are fighting the war at home, so to speak. And then also to maintain the fighting force. You know, you hear about the readiness and lethality of the force. We have to be ready to support and defend the United States. I wanted to get the perspective of someone who has actually been deployed and dealt with TBIs, so I spoke with former Army combat medic Gary McKinney in the Clinical Affairs Division at DivVic about diagnosing TBI while on active duty. You know, and what I know now, I'm sure I saw many more concussions than I, than I knew that I seen at the time. If you don't know what you're looking for, even as a medic, then you might miss a simple concussion. Uh, and then the education that comes along with that for medics and people in general, when you hear like I had my bell wrong or I saw stars, you know, back then we didn't really attribute that and connect it with being an actual concussion, but that's really what it is. Myself playing basketball, I, I saw stars uh, and didn't learn to, you know, a few years later that I probably had a mild concussion. You know, most people recover within a week. Um, and so I had no residual symptoms or anything remaining from, from that event. You know, even when you're in combat, um, you're, you're preparing to go out of the wire. You're preparing to do certain things. People get hurt, uh, just from training. People get hurt just from daily, um, operations within a FOB, a fort operation base. And then you have the actual combat, you know, there's IEDs, vehicle rollovers, some of the things that you might see 
other than IEDs and garrison training accidents, those actually happen in combat as well. Uh, the blast exposures, those different type events. So there's multiple ways to be injured and sustain a concussion in combat. A TBI is defined as a blow or jolt to the head that disrupts the normal function of your brain. Although a majority of people who have sustained one will fully recover within a few days, TBI can also have potentially devastating effects on service members, ranging from brief changes in mood and trouble sleeping to the loss of brain function and even self-harm. Sustaining a TBI in the military is not always what you think. Picture being overseas and your vehicle hits an IED. The impact of the blast throws you from your vehicle. You're briefly knocked unconscious and you wake up disoriented. You might think that combat scenarios like this are the most common way service members sustain a TBI. However, only about 20% of TBIs are sustained while in a deployed setting. The majority of active duty TBIs, about 80%, are actually sustained on bases in the U.S., Service members are more likely to sustain a TBI recreationally or during routine training than in a combat zone. With this in mind, let's picture a different scenario. You're playing basketball on base. You and one of your fellow NCOs both die for a loose ball and your heads collide together. But no matter how service members may sustain a TBI, everyone from their battle buddies to leadership must know the signs and symptoms because left untreated, this injury can have a far worse effect. In September 2012, the Department of Defense mandated that military leaders evaluate all service members who were involved in potentially concussive events, or PCEs, in their units. This policy required leaders to report all PCEs within 24 hours, as well as order a 24-hour rest period for service members involved. Leaders were also mandated to refer their troops to healthcare professionals for further evaluation, even if they weren't showing signs of TBI symptoms. Service members involved in PCEs are only permitted to return to duty after they've completed the mandated rest period and if no TBI was diagnosed. This policy is important because it allows leaders to further protect their troops because, as Dr. Gold states, service members may choose to overlook any TBI symptoms to continue supporting their mission. And I think we also have a predisposition to put others before ourselves. And I think the fact that service members volunteer to serve, we actually have selected this particular population that will put themselves, you know, last and put others first. William Greeson, uh, active duty captain, United States Marine Corps. Hoorah. Yeah, in 09, when I was in Hellman with 1-5, uh, you know, I had an RPG blow up just, I'd say, about 20 feet from me in one particular incident. It's hard to self-diagnose when you aren't able to see yourself, you know? It takes people that are around you to know that you're having these issues because you're just frustrated, maybe just, and you're trying to just... I'll sign it off as, well, you know, yeah, of course, I, yeah, I'm just getting reset here. No one talks about the psychological effects, social effects of injuries because you don't want to talk about it, right? Especially type A's, military alphas who are, I'm going to go out front, I'm going to lead, I'm just going to do this, I'm going to get it done, and we'll talk about this later, and then later never comes. And, because of the uh, Department of Defense mandate, 
Leaders of service members like Captain Greeson are now equipped with several tools, including those that help them identify the early signs and symptoms of TBI in their troops. Take, for example, DivBIC's Line Leader Fact Sheet. In addition to describing the responsibilities of leaders in the mandated policy, it provides instructions on how and when to evaluate service members involved in a PCE while deployed. DivBIC Dissemination Specialist Heather Kopf explains how leaders can use this information. So the TBI line leader fact sheet for traumatic brain injury provides the line leader or commander themselves the signs and symptoms of traumatic brain injury, how to look out for that, and why it's important to get that service member treated or seen for screening. So the fact sheet goes through what a potentially concussive event is and what to look out for for their service members, as well as how to recognize the signs and symptoms of TBI, what we call the HEADS acronym. So including head eggs and or vomiting, ears ringing, amnesia, altered or loss of consciousness, double vision and or dizziness, or something feels wrong or just not right. And so through using any of those signs, we know that there might have been a concussion in that service member and they need to go get screened. I think the importance of making sure that people are aware of TBI is because it's so prevalent. TBI affects everybody. We are there for our service members and veterans. We're there to make sure that they know what to do to protect themselves and protect each other and what to do in case they do get a concussion or a TBI in order for them to recover and be mission ready once again. In addition to fact sheets, DivBIC has another great resource for TBI information. The Ahead for the Future initiative provides resources to help military and veteran communities prevent, recognize, and recover from TBI. Through their TBI Champion video series, Ahead for the Future tells the real stories of service members and veterans, their TBI diagnosis, and their road to recovery. My team aims to provide a network of resources that highlights the signs, the symptoms, and treatment of TBI through the power of storytelling and dedication of sharing information. Of course, getting a TBI was not my plan, but I think, you know, everything happens for a reason. I feel pretty blessed to have a very strong support group between the family and friends, and it's been amazing. You gotta not be shamed by it and kind of go out there and do your thing. For more information about DivBIC resources featured in this episode, go to divbic.deco.mil slash resources. That's D-V-B-I-C dot D-C-O-E dot mil slash resources. We'll also have the link in the episode description. Picking Your Brain is a four-part series from the Defense and Veterans Brain Injury Center that focuses on the care and recovery of service members and veterans who have sustained a TBI. It's produced and edited by Vinnie White and Sarah Bailey. It was hosted today by me, Kate Perlman. On the next episode of Picking Your Brain, we'll cover the Veterans Administration's dedication to TBI prevention and recovery through their VA polytrauma system of care.